Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol serves as the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, a graduate of Trinity University undergrad and the University of the Incarnate Word, where she earned her master's degree in gerontology, member of the board of the National Council on Aging. You're one busy lady. You know, I have been from here to there. I'd like to share your frequent flyer miles. <laughs> That's right. Southwest, you, always, Southwest and I are very good friends. You're always going somewhere, Somewhere, right? that's right. It's it, just amazing. Yeah. Well, I ran into our guest, Irma Lopez, uh, a long time ago, really as a client of hers. This must be maybe 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and I hadn't seen her. We'd talk once in a while. And then her uh, partner, Denise uh, Bennett, said to me one day, we ran into each other, you know, Irma is doing the most amazing thing and doesn't really talk about it she volunteers to give massage sessions to hospice patients at no cost to the patient and i I said to myself that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. hey it's good to see you it's good to see you too so how did Uh, that start why do you do that you know i was approached about it and i thought about you know giving back to the community and Owning our own business for 20 years, we just I just decided, you know what? There's people that need me out here, and my body's wearing out, so I need to find something to do. So uh, I approached a hospice facility and said, hey, if you have patients out there that would like massage, I'll be more than happy to. So I took a palliative care course so I'd know how to handle them and also the caregiver themselves. So it was a win-win situation. So um, right now I deal with about 15 patients on a consistent basis, Um, all of them in hospice, all of them going through their journey. And you know that at some point they'll be gone. How does that affect your outlook? You know, I thought it was going to affect me a lot. But it turns out that it was more gratifying for me because I got to see the end of the journey. I got to see their happiness of being touched. Uh, I got to see their family smile to see that their loved one was getting comfort. And there is something about uh, massage that is incredibly relaxing. Yes, it's incredibly relaxing. It's also they feel the need to touch, that they're still alive, that somebody knows who they are, especially in the nursing home facilities where there's no touch, no communication. And in fact, Carolyn, in a lot of nursing homes, uh, there's nobody visiting many of the patients. Well, you know, I noticed that when my mother lived in assisted living and was in a memory care unit, you know, we were there all the time, uh, and my father would say, no one comes to visit these other people you know and they weren't in hospice but they kind of were in hospice because none of them were ever going to improve and a lot of times uh, they did not last long even in the memory care unit and the other aspect that uh, Irma brings up uh, really touches me and that's the whole question of touch 
uh, for people who may be alone, who may not have anyone. Uh, for someone who may, for example, have, have dementia, they don't get a lot of hugs. Well, they don't, and and I can think of two examples. One, uh, Dr. Prodario, Nestor Prodario, who's a geriatric psychiatrist in Corpus Christi, he tells um, the caregivers to watch people with dementia in nursing homes. He said, you'll see two men holding hands uh, going down the hall, you know, that they are, they feel so isolated and alone and they are looking for comfort and they will hold each other's hands and sort of buddy up. Even if they don't remember who that person is, maybe every day is a new day, but they're still going to hold hands and they're going to go, you know, down the hall together. And Irma, from your vantage point, when you first started this, uh, what were your concerns and your anticipation and how did it work out? Actually, I didn't have any concerns. Um, I was more happy uh, and and willing to do this. And my very first clients, I mean, I looked at them, they looked at me and opened their arms and said, okay. And this massage is not just a full body massage. It could be just holding their hand. It can be a simple conversation they don't know who I am. They don't remember who I am, most of them. But they know. They see it. I can see it in their eyes. They know, oh, my God, there's that little woman again. She's back to hold my hand. And that's exactly what I do. And it brings comfort. What do you get out of it? You know, I need touch, too. And sometimes you need an elder uh, I don't have any grandparents or anything of that sort anymore. They're long gone, so are my parents. So you know what? They kind of bring it back to me. Sometimes I feel like a five-year-old just holding on to somebody. And That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's the line, where does the massage therapist go for a massage? Uh, exactly right. You, when you find out, you tell me. <laughs> well, you know, one of my best friends, her, her grandmother, who was in her 80s at the time, was a retired nurse, and she would... Um, she would talk about how, and of course she's you know from Louisiana, so she'd say it's horrible, it's horrible how no one touches anybody anymore. The doctors and the nurses they don't hold the patient's hand, they don't touch the patient. She said it's horrible, um, and you know I thought about that, and somewhere along the line, we moved away from that comforting, caring sort of healthcare model, uh, particularly I think in nursing. Uh, to more of a scientific task-based sort of uh, model. And it's not to say that doctors and nurses don't provide comfort or touch the patient. But, you know, what you're doing is really is, is what they would call laying hands on. Uh, that's a different kind of healing power. And it is, and it's very emotional for them. <coughs> very emotional for them. I've watched the caregivers watch me. And then they want one also, too. So there I am working on the whole family. But they look forward to the next visit. How often do you go back? You know, I've been averaging about uh, every two weeks. Well, and I'm assuming that you were a massage therapist when Ron met you and that this was your business all along. You didn't also go to massage school. (laughs) It's been my business for 20 years. So this is my way of giving back to the community. In fact, one of the things you wrote about is uh, you have had clients and you've worked on them through various life changes from marriage to children to divorce. Yes. I have seen families grow. 
I have met young ones when they were young, and now they're married and they have kids, and their families are just growing. So it's it's a wonderful thing. So now I'm working on the kids and the parents and the grandparents. So it's a wonderful circle of life. Well, well, I'm curious about what uh, you know what got you interested in being a massage therapist in the first place. In all honesty, I don't know. I mean, it was a, it was, I got away from the corporate world, decided I was in marketing, had a massage, and I thought, you know, I can do this. And I thought, if I have a marketing degree, I'll just go out and market myself, and that's exactly what I did. But she was a big hitter corporate executive before she went into this. Well, you know, I'm I'm thinking about... um, when you started 20 years ago, because now massages are very calm. I mean, they're much more common. 20 oh, yes. years ago, they that were. was it was like very hard to find people that did massages. It was, it, you know, either extravagant or depending on, you know, who you went to. If you went to a hotel, it was extravagant. Um, and if you had found somebody uh, local in the community that provided them, it was you know, I always thought massage therapy was better than going to the chiropractor. Absolutely. I think so, too. The, the thing is, with massage therapy, before it was a luxury. Now people are going into the therapeutic mode, and now from the therapeutic mode into the palliative care mode. So we're going the whole journey of the life now. So it's a wonderful thing. As you think about uh, some of the clients that you've had who are in hospice, what have they taught you about you? That I'm a gentle soul. And that I've learned that we all end up in that journey. And some it's hard to see. But it makes you want to take care of yourself and enjoy the life you have every second of it. Because one day they can be there and the next day they may not. I know many of the well-med physicians who see predominantly older patients uh, love to hear their stories. And that's one of the things that motivates a lot of the well-med docs. Uh, Are are you able, uh, before or during the massage, to hear stories? Oh, my goodness, yes. A lot of stories. I know all about their families, the pictures on the walls, um, where they worked, what they used to do, how they ended up in San Antonio. and some of the stories I hear every day from the same person. And some days, you know, I just, out of the blue, they'll tell me something that even the family doesn't know. Being a graduate of Trinity University, I had the honor of working on a professor who I recently lost about a week ago. Um, and at the very end of his journey, he was still grading papers in his mind as I rubbed on him he was grading papers and getting after students That's well you'd expect that from a Trinity well professor. I was going to say I totally focused <laughs> totally focused on their when did you graduate teaching. when did you graduate from Trinity when did I did you go to Trinity no I did oh, okay. well, she, it was a Trinity professor was a Trinity that she was professor. working with yeah because as you know Carol went to Trinity right that's yeah. why I mentioned him okay yeah. I wasn't sure if you'd gone there too no sir as you think about uh, the patients you've seen, those in hospice are not necessarily old people. Oh, no. I, I've had uh, what I would call young, you know, 40-year-olds. Um, my oldest right now is 101, and wow. she is feisty. And I well, love so are you. Death. Oh, I know her, <laughs> and I have a great time together. <laughs> and then I have others that one that particularly likes to sing, 
and dance. So that's what we do. And we sing and we dance and have a good time. It's so-called massage. I hold her, she holds me, and we're just dancing on the floor. <laughs> it's very nice. Well, yeah. you know, I, uh, I'm curious if, you know, from a, running a caregiver program, we often see that caregivers and sometimes physicians wait too long to enroll somebody in hospice. And I don't know, you know, do the, do the people change? Have you been doing this long enough where you're getting to see people come on? Um, have some people, you know, come and go? I, you know, the average amount of time on hospice is really, it's a matter of weeks. Wow. Because a lot of times they just wait so long. To, to make that call. I've noticed since uh, in the last six months that they're extending it. I have clients that probably have a good two or three years left. That's great. Um, but are unable to get around and, and function in a normal way. Um, but then I have others that sometimes you're right. It is too late. It could be one day too late. Yeah, one day. I've, I've, I've known people that were literally on hospice wow. a day. Mm-hmm. A day. Because um, you can go for technically for six months. Well, and they and that's you but know that can be extended absolutely obviously. because they don't people don't know how long someone is, um, is going to have. But the you know what I would probably communicate is that we've you know if you have a loved one who has a condition hospice you have no idea what a wonderful thing it is and you might even run into a massage therapist uh, that you're certainly not going to get in regular care. We'll talk more about this with our special guest, Irma Lopez. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. We thank you for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. We want to share with you a little information about Memory Matters Meetup, uh, which is every second and fourth Friday. Uh, It's underway at Morgan's Wonderland, and it is a program that helps both caregivers for those with dementia and Alzheimer's, and it helps uh, the Alzheimer and dementia patient as well. Tell us about it, Carol. Well, this is a program from the WellMed Charitable Foundation, Morgan's Wonderland, the Alzheimer's Association, and UT Health. So caregivers can come and persons living with dementia can come. The caregivers are going to learn about Alzheimer's. The persons living with dementia are going to learn skills on how to stay um, as high-functioning as they can. And all of them are going to have fun having the run of the park, all at no cost at Morgan's Wonderland, which is a safe, enclosed environment. It's a theme park. It's an education center. It's a great place. How was that partnership put together? With a grant for a million dollars from the Administration on Community Living, we have created a virtual dementia village for the caregivers and the persons living with dementia. And was there special training for the Morgan Wonderland employees? The, we have added a dementia training for the employees interacting with people living cool. with dementia. They're already well-trained for people of all abilities. Well, they deal with that every day at the park. Although, as uh, Gordon Hartman says in his commercials, the park is for everybody. You don't have to be disabled or have dementia to enjoy Morgan's Wonderland. You do not. And if you have not come, you know, come out to see Morgan's Wonderland and come out for Memory Matters Meetup. And if you want more information, it's as easy as making a phone call, 866-390-6491, 866-390-6491, Memory Matters Meetup. Well, we are so pleased you're joining us today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Along with our co-host, Carol Zernion, and we're talking with one neat lady, Irma Lopez, 
who is a professional massage therapist who decided she wanted to give back to our community, and she has done just that, providing free massages for folks who are in hospice. And Irma, when you first started this, uh, you reached out to find people you could help. Are they now calling you? Uh, Yes, sir. I I deal with a couple of um, hospice facilities that the doctors are aware that I'm around. So the doctors will send in an order, and they call me. Send in Irma. That's it, and I'm right there for them. (laughs) And for folks who uh, want more information, and maybe someone's listening with a hospice that's not involved with you as yet, uh, how do they reach you? They can reach me at 210-792-2977. That's correct. And again, there's no charge for this service. No charge for this service. What got you involved in doing that at no cost? Why not? I've earned enough to to be happy. Now it's time to share. And as you think about uh, giving back uh, and the the numbers of folks you have helped, uh, do you think in some way it just makes their transition that much easier? They know they're going to die. Yes, they know they're going to die. But their transition, you can tell when they're ready just by watching them and talking to them. And then they know. But they feel comfortable. The people with hospice have kind of um, an aura that other people don't want to go near them because they have cancer or because they have dementia and they're frightened to touch them, that they're fragile. They're not. They're human beings. And when you go and you see some people in some facilities, they never talk to anybody. So the first time they see someone and they get to sit and talk, that's what they want to do. So to me, it's just time. This is my retirement life. This is what I'm going to do. How much did you thought about uh, uh, disabilities, dementia, for example, before you got involved with hospice in some patients who may have a disability, including Alzheimer's? You know, I learned looking around and doing my research at different facilities, especially Alzheimer's individuals, um, A lot of the caretakers treat them like children, not the adults that they are. So I've learned that just talk to them normal and touch. And the caregiver themselves, same way. And they come around. They do come around. And in your own case, uh, Carol, does this ring true with the memories of your mother? It it absolutely does, you know, particularly the part about uh, many times the paid staff that are in facilities, and I'm, I'm not sure why they, you know, we get triggered to start treating adults like children, which is never appropriate. It's just never appropriate. Um, and you know from working with me, I, I, I don't like parenting your parents. I don't ever say that uh, because you don't parent your parents. Um, you can meet their needs, but they are always your parents. And I think that, you know, internally, I think, you know, knowing, hearing Irma say it's okay to touch someone, recognize them um, as adults, you know, if you come with that kind of an approach, that open approach, that respectful approach, it is going to show up in everything you say and do in that interaction. Um, If you're thinking, uh, you know, that there's something wrong with this person, you know, because a lot of times we think somebody is, you know, we're, we're up and we're right because we're well and they're down and something's wrong 
because they're dying when actually the mortality rate um, in the entire world is still 100%. And that I was going to say we're all dying. That's that hasn't changed <laughs> ever. Yeah. Uh, still a hundred percent. So we might as well get over that uh, thought that that there's something wrong going on when somebody's in hospice. What drove you, Carol, to get into this field? Well, for me, it was the recognition that the you know we stand on the shoulders of the people who came ahead of us, and so when older people. Um, don't have a voice, may need some assistance because they can't see or they've got memory problems. You know, how do we, how do we continue to help them stay engaged uh, and live a high-quality life? Uh, and, you know, you see that pretty quickly that, um, you know, growing old is not for sissies. Uh, it can be very difficult uh, with some of the things that we have to endure. And it shouldn't be that way. I mean, I, I applaud Irma. How, how wonderful to use your retirement uh, to make somebody else's life, how, whatever that lifespan is going to be. And even knowing that it's not going to be as long as, as, as some other folks, um, you know, a chance to, to smile and feel like somebody sees them, not to be invisible. Now, Irma, you mentioned the uh, 102-year-old mm-hmm. uh, hospice patient uh, woman uh, who uh, you dance, and that's the touch and the hug and what mm-hmm. have you. Uh, you must have some who were at first uh, very intimidated by uh, the concept of you coming in, uh, and they got over it pretty quickly. What, what are your memories of some of the patients with whom you've worked? I've had a... Oh, you're smiling. I love you. <laughs> She's got the best smile in the world. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have one particular patient um, who I worked both her husband and herself, both of them in hospice. She had Alzheimer's, uh, later stages. And so every time I talked to her, she'd just call me a nasty name. And I just kept looking at her, and she would call me that name again. And I thought, wow, and her husband's like, can you can you do something about that? And I was like, no, sir, but I think I can calm her down, and we'll get her going. Well, she fell asleep after the massage, and her husband's like, well, if you just can get rid of her calling you a nasty name. So when I came back in, she remembered me. She goes, well, I won't call you that nasty name again. I said, okay, let's just do your massage. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting because short-term memory, that memory of, you know, seeing you and then not seeing you again for any length of time, um, that, that just shows that goes back to that story uh, where the older gentleman in Florida that I knew, his family told me that they were going to a doctor's appointment and they passed a young woman wearing a bikini walking you know, down the side of the road because they were driving near the beach. And when they came back from the appointment, they passed the same girl in the bikini. And this is an older gentleman with Alzheimer's. He goes, there she is again. So not dead yet. <laughs> It shows you what the trigger is. <laughs> it's amazing what you can remember. Yeah, and then we heard ma- the story. Meaningful. That's uh, exactly. Peaches Hall, who has filled in for Carol on occasion, who's the executive director of the uh, WellMed Senior Center at uh, Ingram Park. Uh, she used to run memory units, and she told the story about a patient uh, who really wanted to get it on with a nurse. And his wife was very accommodating. And so Peaches bought her a nurse's outfit. And she put it on. She went in. Uh, they snuggled. He had no idea who she was. Had no idea that was, she was his wife. It was his wife in the nurse's <laughs> outfit. But it was for him. Yeah. Uh, it, it fulfilled something that uh, 
made him feel alive again. Well, I, I imagine the nurse felt pretty good. The wife nurse felt pretty good, too. <laughs> well, well, isn't part of the challenge, and you work in this field, Carol, much more than I do, uh, it is that disconnect uh, between spouse, uh, husband and wife, uh, where uh, the intimacy is gone, the connection seems to be gone. Right. I, I talked to one caregiver who said, you know, she really felt like her husband's sister more than the wife. Um, it Which had she didn't become want. very platonic. You know, it was only about the caregiving duties and the, just the day-to-day conversation. And, and she really lost, you know, that intimate um, partner that she had had before. Uh, I think that um, the massage therapy is a different way of having that human connection experience. I think that it's another way to fulfill a need again. So what is it, you know, you're locked in this body that is is dying um, and but you're still alive uh, and you still want uh, enjoyment. And I, I just can't think of anything that would be uh, more pleasurable than than having someone come in and pay attention to you. Got about a minute left. What haven't we asked you that uh, you want to toss into the mix? Well, you know, if you have a loved one out there and they need some compassion, it's a win-win situation. The caregiver has time off to go do what they need to do. I am there to take care of their loved one and make sure that the journey ends in a good way. And again, for folks who want to get a hold of you, what's that number? The number is 210-792-2977. You get to do that twice on the radio. You got it. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Carol, it's a fascinating work that she's doing. Uh, You know, I I am humbled by the service that she's providing. Thank you so much. Appreciate you coming in. And thank you all for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Uh, We'll catch you next time around right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.